All right, welcome into the Oklahoma Sports Podcast. We are powered by Red Door Creative. I am sitting across the couch from Chase Sheffield. What's up, man? What's good, Jared? Uh, so last podcast, we talked about my Dirty Santa gift uh, for Christmas, and I had an OU Alabama shirt, an Orange Bowl shirt, that I was feeling really good about winning, and uh, I didn't win it, man. I lost it. Man, that's so, sad. But here's the scenario. So I'm like number seven, which is second to last. My, my dad got number one. Which we did a cool thing this year where it was like a, you had to win a trivia contest and the winners of the trivia contest got to be number one. So I knew he was going again at the end. So he opened up present first and it was like this tool set thing. And he really liked it. Like, okay, whatever. So it comes to me and I open my own present because I know what it is. And there's only like two things there. So I open mine and I'm all pumped. I'm showing people. And they're like, it didn't seem like it got a lot of buzz because everybody thought it would jinx the game if they had it, which is what I thought too. Yeah. Um, before, you know, the last time I got it. So everybody thought that. And then I'm sitting there and like my dad looked like he wasn't going to be, like the game was going to be over. And I'm like, I also got beef jerky in there. That was like, you know, the filler. So I was going to open the, literally open the beef jerky. And I looked up my dad standing right in front of me and he grabs the box out of my hand <laughs> and he takes my gift. Ultimate finesse. I appreciate that. It was the that last move dad. of the game. Wow. It was crazy, man. That's that's a dad move. Let me tell you how I finessed a, yeah. a, a Christmas situation. Yeah. So I show up to a family Christmas. I went to a few yesterday, um, which was Christmas Day. Show up to one, you know, about four or five o'clock. They're getting ready to do a gift exchange. I show up with no gift. <laughs> I don't want to play. I don't like doing all these dirty Santa things. I don't want to play. Well, they brought extra gifts in case somebody forgot one, right? <laughs> and so, of course, yeah. I get a gift. I'm in the game. Well, we're playing back and forth. It was like a $20 cap. Well, I end up, the game's over. I somehow end up with like a little Bluetooth speaker and $10. Wow. So I'm already looking right. So I knew we were going to play the left-right-center game, which for those of you who don't know, you start with $3, you roll some dice, you know, you give a dollar left-right-center, whatever. Or keep it. Yeah. Or keep it. And so... You know, I play that, you know, goes around, goes around. I think I'm going to lose. I got a dollar on each side of me. Somehow get both. I end up winning, win $40 from that. So I went into Christmas with nothing and came out of that with two to-go plates, $50 in cash, and a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. So my Christmas was pretty good. Yeah, you you outdid me there pretty good. (laughs) I ended up with a flashlight, so. Well, well, I mean, (laughs) it's needed. Yeah. It's a necessity. You never know. Yeah, so we're looking forward to the Orange Bowl, which is December 29th. It's a Saturday coming up pretty soon. Uh, looking forward to that big time. We've obviously covered it a couple weeks, but yeah. today we're going to dive a little bit more in depth, give our picks, uh, let you know some injury updates and things like that I'm pretty excited about. So just like right off the bat, what are you thinking, Chase? Um, Oh, man, it, it's so hard to read. It, it's There's so many variables when I'm thinking about the game with, with Tua yeah, How he's gonna be. We just found out about some suspensions. Hollywood. Oh right, we should cover yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Alabama actually had three players that didn't travel, and I couldn't name them all off the top of my head. But one of them was a starting tackle. Deontay Brown was a starting. I think he's a starting left tackle for them. Left tackle sounds right. Yeah. So I mean that's a big deal. And listen, you can you can spin that any way you want because the guy he's playing in front of played a lot last year. They kind of had a battle, yeah. and and but the reason. Uh, that other dude actually won the spot, but he had struggled all season, yep. and so they switched him out. And now he's going to um, the the guy that they had switched out and was now the starter is going to miss the game. And any way you slice it, going going into a matchup with with a mixed line, you know, not your same five that you've rocked with all season. There's lots of calls and things that those linemen have to get right 
Um, I played guard and in, uh, in, uh, tight end a little bit in high school and junior high and stuff. So I knew, and ours was obviously a lot more simple than Alabama's was. Yeah. We had uh, some calls, you know, slide this way, slide that way. And so that's going to be a factor. Now, how much is it? He's got time to practice, you know, this week and everything should be okay, but it can't be just waved off like it's nothing. It's something for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's something. I mean, again, I don't know how much of something it is. What what I do know is that one of the other players that was suspended, there was a tight end yeah. and another offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, big boy. So if they have any type of injury on the offensive lineman after the game starts, they're kind of decimated right. with, the, with that group. It's, it's pretty thin. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I I don't know, just because this defense hasn't gotten a huge push throughout yeah. the season, I don't know if they're going to try to attack that gap and attack him because he's new and try to maybe run some stunts on that side of the line or, or what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I had something I had something for that. I was thinking about it today listening to uh, radio, and they were talking about it a bit. And I realized the way – I it just so happened that I was watching the highlights from the Texas game today, just, just messing around and sitting at the house. And I realized something, the way OU got pressure against Texas was lots of blitzes from different angles. And so that's really what what puts the strain on your linemen because they not only have to see that stuff, but they have to make last second adjustments. And when you got a guy that was sitting on the bench, that's the way OU is going to try to confuse him and confuse his offensive line is bringing different kinds of pressures, dropping a lineman out and bringing a linebacker, doing some weird stuff like that. I think you're, you know, OU has enough time in this break to put in some things like that. And they've known about this suspension for a little bit. We don't know um, what it's for uh i heard a funny thing that was like it's either girls grass or grades <laughs> so i thought that was pretty good but I mean, yeah. we don't know why but we know that they are gonna miss this orange bowl game yeah and you know if, if ou's defense comes out in in a, in a base four three or three four and doesn't try to attack him early on they're making a mistake I agree. You yeah. because if he can get if he gets settled in to uh, the the backup offensive line, which you know I don't I can't recall his name off the top of my head right now, but if he's going to get settled in and they may do some switching, they may move a guard from one side to the other. Yeah, they'll they'll plug and play and, and figure out their best lineup up there. But if you don't attack them when they're at least comfortable, then then you're really you're really not giving your chance your team the best chance to win early on. And with this defense. You don't expect them to hold anyone to under even 30 points in this game. Like this, I think it's going to be a shootout, quite frankly. But so taking it, taking chances and, and taking advantage of those chances is what's going to be crucial, especially in that first quarter. Yeah. Oh, you have to do a good job of kind of picking their spots with that because the thing is, you're you're going to try to blitz a quarterback who who's really good at throwing the deep ball. You can you can do some specific uh, type of blitzes to kind of take that away like a middle linebacker blitz for instance won't really mess with the deep ball too much uh things like that so oh he's definitely going to try to do some things like that i'm sure of and and like i said you you can't blitz all the time because two is just going to eventually pick you apart but they do have to test his ankle and test this new uh tackle that's in there for bama yeah i expect them to to bring some exotic stuff early you know similar to that the What's going to be iconic? The the Trey Brown the blitz. Trey Brown blitz off, where, the, off the edge. Yeah, where where he where he corner, got Elliger. Something something corner, like that. Yeah, corner blitz off the short side of the field. They call that a cat, I yeah. guess. And and they were able to get a safety on that play. But they showed it, and I was just watching ESPN kind of bored. And of course, you know they're going with the whole OU will literally get zero stops, LOL thing. But then they had one guy come in and like, all right, you have to be the guy to like try to convince people OU's going to get stops or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so he comes up and he's like, well, here's the deal. Their last couple games, this defense has been really opportunistic. Yeah. And that's the truth. Uh, they scored two touchdowns against West Virginia. They had a big-time safety uh, and a couple turnovers against Texas. And that's really what OU's going to need. It's not that they just had to completely stop Bama. If they just get a few weird turnovers, one or two, and then get you know a really opportunistic play like a safety or, or a fumble, a forced fumble, I mean, that's really all an offense like OU needs, I feel like, to, to take advantage of this game. Yeah, and, you know, for me, I, to take it a step further, I, I hope that they, they make Alabama one-dimensional. Like, if, if two is throwing the ball uh, between 30 and 50 times, I think OU's going to win that game. I, I actually agree with that, yeah. Uh, if, they can, if they can stop any type of run in between the tackles, make everything on the perimeter, um, I, I think they'll have a lot better shot at winning the game because when Alabama's at its best, and you saw – you know, after some some early mishaps against Georgia, they went straight to the running game, and it was and it, it was, was it was heavy, in the and it was in between yep. the tackles. So, so if OU can can at least take one phase of their game out and make them uncomfortable in one situation, um, then then I think they've got a good shot to to go into this Orange Bowl and, and get a win. Yeah, and o, OU's defense against the run is actually pretty decent. I have the team stats um, pulled up in front of me. Um, and opponents' rush yards per game, they're they're still 50th, um, but they do have a high percentage of runs against them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, that's a lot better than the pass defense, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, and the Army game probably skews that number quite a, a bit. A lot. Army and, and, and teams like K-State that ran it a lot there in garbage time. Yeah. Um, just kind of one of those things. But, yeah, I, I, I think if – you talked about this game being a shootout, and we'll talk more about our predictions later, but – I think that we'll see Bama slow the game down a lot. Now let's talk OU offense. Um, the exciting thing that we found out just you know today and yesterday, mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown looks to be at a very, maybe not 100%, I don't know, but very, very high. High enough to be involved in practice, running drills, running routes. Yeah, which is crucial for Huge that offense. News. Huge news. Because if he's not on the field, it, it just it takes away you know the, the big play over the top. You yeah, know, you, you just those yeah. safeties and corners just yeah because up I mean yeah because CD can beat you deep and but he doesn't have that elite he doesn't level take speed, the top off not like speed, Hollywood yeah. does yeah and so having him out there just makes this offense at its best regardless if he's a decoy or not you saw you know when he had a bum ankle you know right. midway three four games yeah. in the middle of the season I remember that. he was just kind of out there as a, he'd have probably you know three or four catches for fifty yards but he was mainly used as a decoy to make sure that those safeties weren't cheating up and covering the underneath right. or helping stop the run game so yeah. i think that that him being healthy enough to even suit up and, and run routes and he's looked crisp in the routes he's run yeah now, it might be different when when it's game time but i figure they'll spat that thing up and yeah and, and he'll be good to go yeah the less tape the better for those speed guys but yeah. i mean in practice didn't look like he had any tape on it at all and the little route that he ran it was a bob prisbillo video that we watched um our guy bone man i think is his nickname <laughs> um he's down there in orlando this week and uh, it was just a little like five yard stop route, but that's a lot of footwork in yeah. that, you know. And it's it's pat pat pat, you know, turn and that's I mean that's a lot of work on those ankles, and it looked great, looked crisp. So we'll see. I, I feel really good about it. But you made a good point. Even when he wasn't 100, percent um, we've seen still defenses have to respect him so yeah. much, and it brings that safety and, over him, and it makes it easier for guys like C.D. Lamb and, and Grant Calcaterra. Yeah, and, and you know, with an ankle injury like that, a lot of times it's not going to affect your your straight up and down your vertical speed. It's going to affect your cuts, you side know, your actual side, route so, running. So yeah. even if he's not 100%, if he can just run a go, even just to just to keep the corner and safety honest, something like that, or, or, or a post or, you know, anything I think will help the rest of the offense stay in sync. 
yeah, and you know, for all we can tell, he looks good. So I, I, I expect him to be dang close to 100%, if not 100. The other big thing is I was listening to um, some guys on the radio talk about this game, and I think the one big X factor that's being overlooked a lot is Grant Calcaterra. We saw him really come alive in the Texas game, in the Big 12 championship game. Had two big touchdown catches, but he, you know, all night he was abusing uh, safety or, or a linebacker from... Uh, from Texas, so I think Bama's going to have a real hard time covering him with those slow, slow linebackers that they have. They like to have those 260-pound linebackers in there, you know, for the SEC stuff, which yep. makes sense. But those guys can't cover this guy, and so if that takes the safety out of the, out of the equation for for the other guys that are running routes, I think Bama's in trouble. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they what they kind of do defensively to match up. They may play a lot of zone. I'm not sure. Yeah, and and a, and a guy for me to watch on the offensive side, you know, other than our, you know, your normal guys for me is is Lee Norris. Yeah, I think I think yeah. he's gonna be big in, in taking advantage of that that either that nickel corner or a safety coming up or a linebacker, you know, sliding over to cover him. And Kyler likes to look for him, you know, especially, especially in the red zone down. and in the, and yeah, exactly on third down in the red zone. So I think he's gonna be huge uh, for that offense just to on some big plays. Uh-huh. That defense is really gonna key in. They're gonna be super physical with Hollywood and CD on the outside. They're gonna they're gonna key in on on Calcaterra and the running backs, which leaves a guy like Lee Norris or, or yeah, uh, probably probably in a situation where he can take advantage of of the mismatch that he's got. Yeah, and we saw him come up big in that fourth quarter against Texas. He ran a really cool route. I just wanted to make a point because I got the mental image in my head where uh, Morris and I think it was Hollywood. Or, no, it must have been um, it must have been CD Lamb at this point because it's yeah. in the fourth. But they ran sort of a crossing route, and it looked like you know Lee, uh, Lee Morris was just in there to 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 kind of. Um, like a pick play, play a play like a pick, and, and just sort of. But instead of picking, he just went straight up the field. He kind of did, you know, a shape up the field and just wide open over the middle, because they had that that Texas defense so stretched out. So I think we're going to see some creative ways like that uh, to get Lee Morris involved. He was huge, like you said, in the red zone and and on third downs pretty much all season. So yeah, we'll see. I guess uh, we can get a little bit more into predictions of just kind of what we think this game's going to look like first. And then we can kind of talk more about, you know, either scores or who we think is going to win or whatever. I was thinking about this today. I just think Bama, Bama's wanting to score a lot, obviously, but they're going to try to do it in a slow way, if that makes sense. They're really going to try to convert a lot of third downs, run the ball, run the ball, throw the ball type type of, um, you know, possessions. And I, I don't know. I think OU's defense is, is going to shape up pretty good against that. I think with OU's going to see a lot of third and sevens, third and eight. Um, and if they get pressure one time and make make two a move a little on that ankle, I think they're going to stand a good chance. I, I I do think they're going to eventually give up a lot of points. I think uh, you may even see Tua today said a pretty interesting thing that he was only eighty percent. Yeah, he thought he was eighty percent, and that's pretty significant. Um, because the game now isn't that far away. Your ankle's not going to get that much better that fast. Again, he had surgery. Um, to open up one of his joints and kind of get some stuff removed and yeah. get some infl- inflammation and stuff fixed. I don't think you're going to see him get a whole lot better. If he's forced to move off a spot, you know, if they kind of play him the way they played Ellinger, um, where they had a, a linebacker usually bolt and kind of playing right on the line of scrimmage, and then when he saw him start scrambling, tuck the ball, he would really try to find an avenue just to try to get a hold of him or get a sack or get pressure. We're going to see some things like that, I think, with Bolton. I don't think Bolton's going to do a whole lot in pass coverage, but I think he's just going to try to 
make Tua uh, stay honest. And I, like I said, I think they're going to try to slow the game down a little bit, try to keep this OU offense out of rhythm more than anything. Uh, we saw Texas do that kind of in the first half for a little bit. Yeah. But eventually OU's offense took over. But OU was a little out of sync just because they weren't on the field very much. So Yeah, and you had you had some random reviews and, and some things yeah, that really slowed the, out of slowed their the control, game down. Yeah. Out of OU's control that, that slowed the game down a lot. And we talked about those a little bit in our postgame uh, Texas um, podcast. You can go back and listen to that a little bit <laughs> if you want to hear us rage about random referee calls. But... Uh, yeah, that, that's the way I see it. I think Bama's going to try to slow the game down quite a bit, but you know, try to still not t- completely go in a shell. They're going to still take some shots with Tua because that's where he's at his best. But we're going to try to slow the game down, try to keep that OU offense out of sync a little bit. Yeah, and and I think as far as the OU defense is concerned, I would rather have Tua on the run than in the pocket. He's not the yeah, runner that Elliger is. Move. He's not the runner that Elliger is for Texas. I don't know if he's if he warrants having a spy on him twenty four seven like Elliger does. Yeah, I would rather bring that bring that guy in pressure. Like if it's a Bolton, just auto blitz just, him. Just just bring him. Yeah, and and if if Tua really starts beating you, make the adjustment. But test that ankle early. Yeah. See how quick he is. See if he can make a cut. See if he's got because he's not. He's already not just a super explosive runner. No, and so, that Georgia game was bad, and yeah. I know he was a little banged up in that one. But man, he could not move. Yeah, exactly. So. So for me, I would rather gauge him early and really bring bring pressure, much like I would against that that new starting left left guard, and just just see what they do and then make adjustments from there. Don't let them get comfortable early. Kind of do what we just talked about Texas and what we think Alabama is going to try to do to OU. Kind of take that same game plan into what OU should do against Bama and just kind of disrupt that offense, make it hard to run up the middle. You know, put pressure onto him, make him scramble, make him run, do things that he's not accustomed to doing because he's really good in the pocket and he can throw a really good deep ball. If you can get pressure on him, put him on the run. We've seen those medium throws when he's on the move, he's not accurate with. Yeah. And yeah. so, so to get him out of his comfort zones and get that whole offense out of a comfort zone early, I think is going to lead to to a stop or two early on that maybe oh you shouldn't get. Right. But it's just from being aggressive and playing with 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 speed and pace that that they might get it and really could could get out to a one or two score lead early. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was getting at. We're kind of thinking the same thing. I'm thinking if Bama's trying to run the ball up the middle and just be okay with trying to convert third and seven all night, that's a great spot for OU to be. Now, the other side of that is is if they just dominantly run the ball against OU. I, I don't really see that. They haven't really been that this season until Hertz came in against Georgia. They look like, you know, just a run first team, which is different than what they've been this season. Yeah. They aren't ranked um, surprisingly high in uh, rushing this year. That's just not not where they're at. No, and they do have a ton of attempts. It's not that they've gone away from trying to run the ball. They just haven't been as effective running the ball as as like as, as like an OU or Georgia have been. Like those two teams. And you could tell that that Alabama front seven struggled against good backs and so, a good offensive line. So they run it 56% of the time, but they rank 32nd in rush yards per game. Yeah. So they're they're way up there in terms of uh, teams that rush the ball a lot, but they're not super high on teams that um, rush the ball effectively. Yeah. Like OU. OU is well over 250 yards rushing per game. Uh, so that, that clocks in at number 11 in the country in rushing. Um, and OU's not running the ball a whole lot, but no. I mean they're running it just about as much as Bama is, a little less. But um, that's going to be a big thing. Uh, one of the reasons I think OU kind of struggled early on with Texas because they couldn't really run the ball. OU didn't run the ball as effectively, and so they had to pass to kind of set up the run. Where in the past it's been you got to respect our run game, and then we'll beat you with the pass. And, and we talked yeah. about that in the Texas pod. We think Texas kind of 
um, were playing the run, and then if it wasn't run, they were jumping out of it into like a really soft zone, just trying to kind of do what Iowa State did. And, uh, you know, not having guys like um, Anderson hurts, you know, Rodney Anderson in this game would have been electric. Oh, that would have been so fun. He just yeah. killed Georgia last year. He but but we got Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon. Both those guys have plenty of time to get 100%. I think both of those guys were a little nicked up. They never were on the injury report or anything like that, but they just didn't look the same way we'd seen them. No. Because I was watching it. It wasn't like there was nowhere to run. It would be like one guy would get an arm on them, and, and we'd seen them break those tackles in the past. This game against Texas, they weren't. So now that they'll be fully rested again, I think OU's going to run the ball well. Um, so I guess we can jump into our predictions. Yeah, I you know the spread of the game right now is is Alabama minus fourteen, which is two full touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that happens. I just no. I don't I, I don't think you can beat this Oklahoma team just because of how potent this offense is. I don't know if you can beat them by more than ten. Honest, like yeah. I mean, honestly, even with how even with how bad the defense has been in spurts. I just I think it's impossible with that offense and how high octane it is. I mean, look, Texas in the in in the Cotton Bowl against OU middle of the season was up twenty one. Yeah, end up taking a last second field goal to win. Like that offense, right. that defense will get, you know, will will we'll start to play better. Especially if they're down big, you know, they're they're just going to be scrambling, playing, you know, just to survive. Which yeah. in many cases that's kind of where they're better. Yeah, yeah, and so so I just don't think, and you know. I do actually think that, that Oklahoma wins the game. I think All right. I think that they, they end up winning, you know, by maybe forty two thirty eight. I think I okay. think it's I think it's a relatively high scoring game. No one gets in the fifties. That's not crazy though. No, it's that's not, not crazy. crazy high. No, I think I think that both both offenses come out a little bit slow out of the gate. It's just that time off. Yeah, and, kinda and you, you kinda saw it in the in the cotton bowl, which is kind of what I'm taking my my reference from not the Cotton Bowl, the, the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah. Um against Texas. Both those offenses kind of started out a little slow. Uh you know, you know, Kyler, you know, was just, you know, antsy. He kinda had he had a few overthrows that, that weren't normal of him. Uh the Texas offense was just what it was. They didn't they didn't get a whole lot going. You know, and then both teams kind of settled in the second half, and and you had a good game from then on. So I think it's going to be very similar to that. Two has been on this stage for a half. You know, right? Not not like he's been. It's not like he's played in these games before. He's played in these games for a half. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be different when guys game plan against you. Kyler's never been in this situation. Both those dudes can play though. Yeah. I just I think that that early on you may see in the first quarter it's you know ten to seven, okay. and people are like, where's the offense? But then the rest of the game teams get comfortable and then it just it just goes from there my prediction is pretty similar to yours uh we have a few differences i think i think the offenses are going to start pretty quick uh, just because ou is going to score fast so bama's got to go okay well there goes our let's run the ball down their throat game plan we got to score some dang points i think OU's going to get up by two possessions in the first half and then maybe the first half finishes the seven point lead for ou or something like that where Bama's really good is those halftime adjustments. We saw it against Georgia. And so I think they'll really shut OU down a little bit in the third quarter like we've seen. And then OU will pick it back up in the fourth. But I think at that point it may be a little too late. I'm kind of thinking Bama wins by about 10 points. But yeah. I think OU will have their shot in this game. Like I said, I think yeah. they're going to lead at halftime. But it's just going to be about, you know, can OU come out in the third quarter if they do have the lead? Can OU come out in the third quarter and continue playing the way that they played in the first half, you know, or, or, or whatever the case may be in my head? Yeah. That's kind of how I see the game. And I see the game finishing pretty crazy, something like 50 to 40. Okay. Um, But but we'll have to see. I mean, yeah. we'll just have to see. But And I guess to, to hit on just the key matchups I really want to see and look at, obviously, 
I want to look at, at the hogs inside. OU's yeah. offensive line, best offensive line in the country. Yep, Joe Moore Award. Go, going up against this vaunted Alabama defensive line. Who I mean, that front seven is good. Yeah, we'll see. Well, And, and so just seeing that matchup is going to be interesting. And then I think on the opposite side of the ball as well, because if, if that OU front seven on defense can get a push against that offensive line, it's going to dictate a lot of what Alabama does offensively. So, so for me, it's just going to be it's going to be in between the tackles is, is where I'm going to be focused on it. And yeah. I think that's where the game's going to play out. You're going to have your big plays on the outside. You're going to have your big plays to the running game. But I think the game's going to be determined right there. Yeah, and you make a good point, Chase. Uh, Bama doesn't have an awesome pass defense. They don't have amazing secondary and things like that. They're okay. They're okay. They got a bunch of five star kids and stuff. But yeah, like you said, if if OU can run the ball just a little bit, if that if that's the matchup you're looking at, if OU can run the ball, man, that takes so much stress off Kyler yep. Murray, and it should be a good day for OU if that happens. So, you got any final final things you want to say before we wrap it up? No, just just be excited, you know, get have hyped, fun, yeah, have fun with your friends. This stuff doesn't happen always, so no, just second year in a row for us. But yeah, it's it's becoming, I mean, it's you becoming know. a norm, but hopefully it does. Hopefully it stays like that. But if it doesn't, then you know, enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, have fun with it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and a big 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 shout out goes to uh, Red Door Creative uh, turning this video around we're actually recording the day after Christmas uh, and then this thing's going to drop Thursday so that's pretty pretty incredible turnaround uh, one day turnaround essentially to get this thing on air and get you guys listening so big shout out to Red Door Creative yeah great group of guys over there yeah so check us out we're on Spotify we're on SoundCloud and we're on Apple Podcasts leave us a review Always, you can hit us up on social media. We're at OK Sports Podcast. Easy to find. Um, you can tell we've got a beautiful shield logo um, that was made by uh, Red Door Creative. We really like it. It was one of the first drafts, but you know we liked it so much we said throw it on there, man. That looks awesome. And there was a little bit more adjustments that happened on his end, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a beautiful logo. So you can always uh, find us. Look for the shield. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Enjoy the game. <laughs>